0: What, ladies, that which doth enrich the hand of yonder knight? Next chapter podcast presents the play on podcast series Romeo and Juliet. She doth teach the torches to burn bright With original songs and music in a made-for-the-sound-stage podcast. From Cupid's quiver, courage I'll Have not saints lips and holy palmers too. Translated into modern English verse by Hansel Jung.
1: I, Pilgrim, lips that they must use in prayer.
0: Hear Shakespeare's tragedy about two star-crossed lovers as you've never imagined it before.
1: You kissed by the book.
0: Adapted from the acclaimed Natco and Two River Theatre production. Can I move forward when all my heart is here? Go to playonpodcast.com to learn more. And remember, violent delights have violent ends.
2: So my name is Ertan Sivadori and I'm 10 years old. My favorite book is Stuck in the Stone Age by um, Jeff Rodkey. It's about an evil doctor that works at a place called Cease. And then nobody knows it, but he's actually using janitors as test subjects. And they send them to different dimensions.
0: My name is Jeliana, and
3: I'm, I'm seven years old. I like pink Pinkalicious.
1: And I also like pink the Cat. Hi, I'm Phoebe. I'm 11 years old. Um, I'm reading Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. It's really complicated and really cool.
4: Eartha Rodore, Jillianna Jackson, and Phoebe Newfeld are three young Brooklyn Library patrons. We met them at Central Library a few weeks ago, and as you can tell, they were eager to talk about their favorite books. Kids are a big part of the public library. It's hard to imagine what the library would be without children.
2: But it turns out that for a pretty long time, public libraries weren't for kids at all. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm Felice Bell. And I'm Krissa Corbett-Kavoris. You're listening to Borrowed.
4: One wintry day in January, Clyde Curlew and Freddie Rivera
2: get into a truck. It's snowed the night before, so Clyde's breath is coming out in white puffs. Freddie does a five- or maybe seven-point turn out of a cramped parking lot in the Flatlands neighborhood of Brooklyn. Yeah, we're, we're
3: heading towards uh, down King's Highway. So, yeah, this is a well-traveled route. will kind of Rockaway Rockaway Avenue at some point. And, uh, yeah, we'll be there in about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, barring any, um, you know, tragedies or traffic problems which we have encountered.
4: Almost every day, oh, yeah. Clyde and Freddie drive around Brooklyn. They have a comfortable relationship and they've been working together since 2002.
3: They see us driving by. They, they see the truck and they, and they, and they grab their kid, their parent's arm and they point at the truck. I say, that that happens a lot. <laughs> it's like,
2: hey, Mommy, look. You might be thinking this is an ice cream truck, but it's not. This truck is a library. I was waiting for that. Yeah. I mean, we are a library podcast.
4: For a minute there, it sounded like we were going to do a story on
2: trucking route. Maybe next season. Here's um, Clyde again.
3: It's a, a large, I think of a large van. It's about maybe 10 feet, 12 feet deep. Shelves on either side of And about, I don't know, 2,500, 3,000 uh, paperbacks and a couple of hardcovers. But the interior of this library truck,
4: known as the Kidsmobile, is a magical wonderland. There are paper butterflies taped to the ceiling, thanks to Clyde's crafting.
3: I cut them up and uh, put them around uh, different characters and Pinkalicious, like a Fancy Nancy, um, Captain Underpants. Underpants. Uh, and originally, uh, like the Mobile was conceived to service... Uh, hard to reach locations or places that people were, you know, had unsafe uh, intersections like the one we're approaching right now. You know, things are, you know, they don't want to cross the streets with their classes or whatever.
2: Because it's sometimes hard to bring small children to the library, the library comes to them. After the kids mobile made its way to Crown Heights, Freddie pulls into a driveway across the street from a daycare center.
0: We've we've done as much as 200 kids in a day because I we do seven eight classes.
3: Early childhood, we could we could we could squeeze in like 30 kids. These um, toddlers, kids. three and
4: four years old, are bundled up to their noses against the cold. On, the they file in and find a space to sit in the kids' mobile.
3: Come on in, come on in. Knees together, hands folded like this. Come on, everybody. Knees together, hands folded. Elbows in, elbows in. Hi.
4: Some are pointing at the pictures down? on the walls and ceilings. Some are just staring at Clyde, who is a pretty big guy with an even bigger personality. He corrals the kids into order, encourages them, makes jokes, and right. even growls at them to get right, everyone to see. listen.
3: Who goes to the library? Just one? Oh, I, well, you're all in the library right now, so I tricked you. You're all, you are all go to the library. Because you're in the library right now. Okay, what's inside the library? Books! Books! Oh. Books, that's right, we have books. Even in the though Clyde okay. has been
2: giving pretty much the same spiel every day for the last sixteen years, it's as if this is the first group of kids ever to come into the kids mobile. He's engaging and funny, he walks them through what a library is. What's this? Library okay. card Card.
3: What my, 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 Mr. Mr. Mr Mr. Mr What'd you say? Library R- card. Right library card, yes, this guy's got all the answers.
2: Over the course of one year, this little mobile library will serve as many as 14,000 children. That's a lot of kids. It is. And every kid who visits the Kids Mobile can sign up for a library card or check out a book right off the shelves.
3: And you do it forever, as long as you have a library card.
2: After Clyde gives his speech about the library, it's the moment the kids have all been waiting for.
3: You ready for your book? Yeah. This story is called Bark, George. George's mother said.
4: If you're a regular library patron,
2: chances are you've heard a few story times like this one in your visits to the library. Yeah, and even if you don't have kids, you've probably heard them in the library. Kids are a big part of libraries. Without them, these buildings would be a lot quieter, but also probably a lot less exciting.
4: But libraries haven't always embraced children like we do now. Back in the day, libraries were mostly for adults. Children were thought of as noisy and dirty
2: and not to be trusted near books. Around the turn of the 20th century, that started to change, and Brooklyn was one of the pioneers of children's librarianship. Felice, let's go back in time. Awesome. Where are we going? We're going to 1914. We're going to the corner of a block in the Brownsville neighborhood in Brooklyn. There's a brand new building on this corner. It looks like a castle. There's a line of children from the entrance of the building sneaking all the way down the block. And each kid has got a book in his or her hands. And it might take a few hours until the children at the back of the line reach the front and finally enter the library. But it will be worth it. This scene comes to us from an archival photograph taken outside of the new Brownsville Children's Library. We've put the picture up on our website so you can take a look. That photograph was taken
4: in 1930 and it's really amazing because it shows just how popular this library was in the years after it first opened. Brownsville Children's Library was among the first dedicated library buildings for children in the country. By 1917, circulation at this branch reached 361,000 items in one year
2: from a collection of only 14,000 books. Brownsville was, at the time, made up of mostly newly arrived Jewish immigrants from Russia. The children were avid readers, and they were overwhelming the other branches. So the Brownsville Children's Library was built to address the problem of too many kids. Today, that branch is still
4: standing. It's called Stone Avenue, and it's a library for all ages. You can go to the branch and
2: see some of the original stonework and benches near the fireplace. The original Brownsville Children's Library was built thanks to a person who is pretty much unknown today. Clara Whitehill Hunt worked at Brooklyn Public Library from 1903 to 1939 as the superintendent of work with children, which is quite a title.
1: Well, she believed in establishing new traditions, with working with children and was very concerned about creating a cohort of children's librarians who had the capability of catering just to children. This is Kimberly Grad. Kimberly Grad, I'm the Coordinator of School-Age Services.
4: Kimberly started out as a children's librarian and she did her thesis on Clara Whitehill Hunt's impact on Brooklyn's library system
2: and her impact on children's librarianship nationally. Hunt created training programs for young women to become children's librarians, which is amazing, in a time when not many professions were open to women at all. And Hunt made a point to ensure that
4: the new library branches had spaces specifically designed for kids.
1: So she thought about things like, um, you know, making sure that there was plenty of natural and artificial light. She wanted to make sure that the windows were installed above the shelving, which was five feet tall and this was to prevent children from tossing books out the window. Um, She wanted to make sure that the reference desk was no higher than 36 inches so that children could see over the desk and be seen. Just thinking about that one little
2: detail, that the reference desk was lower in the children's section so children could see over it and be seen. It shows you just how much Hunt considered the individuality of these kids.
1: What I think is really fascinating is that we're still doing that today whenever we open up a new branch, um, the Youth and Family Services Department is consulted quite remarkably on all of the details that Clara Hunt considered. Hunt spent a lot of time thinking about the stories that
2: children should be surrounded with, too. In 1915, she wrote a book called, quote,
1: What Shall We Read to the Children? And this is where she gave advice to parents on what they should select for their children. So she wrote about how important it is to read to babies and how we should be modeling for them. This was, you know, 1915. She was writing about some of the concerns that we are still working on today.
4: She also had some strong words about children's books she didn't think were so great. She wrote in the Brooklyn Daily Eagle that, quote, the child allowed to indulge in the cheap series habit becomes a sort of
2: psychological dope fiend. Yikes, so no Captain Underpants for Clara Whitehill Hunt, which is a great series, by the way.
4: Fortunately, our book selection at Brooklyn has expanded beyond what Hunt thought was important in the 1930s. But she did do a lot of work to elevate the idea of children's literature.
2: Hunt made a point to collect historical children's books to create a kind of archive. At the end of her time at Brooklyn Public Library, she donated about 13,000 children's books from all over the world, some published as early as the 1700s. Her collection is still stored at Central Library in a place called the Treasure Room. The Treasure Room, by the way, isn't open to the public, But if you want to do research there, you can make a special request. And Felice, it's partly thanks to Clara Whitehill-Hunt that we have an idea about what to read to kids and where. Kids can walk into pretty much any public library today and have a space to go that is made just for them. It's no small thing. The fact that
4: kids are free to stumble into public libraries means they can encounter all kinds of ideas and people they wouldn't necessarily meet in their daily lives.
1: song about consent. (gasps) For the grown-ups, this is a little, uh, a little
2: relevant. (laughs) Take
4: this story hour in Central Library.
1: If someone asks, do you want to play, and you don't want to
2: say no. Lindsay, the host of Queer Kids Stuff, an LGBTQ plus educational web series for kids, drew a pretty good crowd one Saturday morning. Parents and their children packed onto the colorful rug to hear Lindsay sing songs and read progressive kids' books.
4: Maritza, the mother of a five-year-old named Luca, came to Brooklyn Central Library that day because she had seen information about queer kids stuff on BPL's website. Her child, Luca, had been talking about their own gender identity, which is what prompted Marisa to look for programs that would help Luca feel comfortable.
1: Um, I think the issue of gender is something that sometimes is not articulated as much in schools. Um, and what I noted is that Luca doesn't feel com- completely comfortable in open spaces like this, um, particularly when he, when they doesn't know the people around it. So um, recently, he have shared that he identif- I mean, he said, "I'm not a he, I'm a they." Um, And we're very proud of how um, these learnings are helping they explore all the genders, but also at such a young age.
4: After the program, Lindsay, who uses they, them pronouns too, spoke about the problem of communicating progressive ideas in public spaces. When they first tried to perform shows that dealt with things like gender identity and sexual orientation in schools, they were met with pushback. So I was like, okay, let's uh, let's just like get this happening and let's just make some YouTube videos because kids are on YouTube. And I kind of discovered that as this was happening.
2: Lindsay's videos are for kids ages three to eight and cover topics like gender identity, activism, issues of consent, things that kids might not be exposed to in the other parts of their lives. Lindsay talked about
4: how great it is to have their series at the library.
1: The fact that this is like a free event for anyone to come to and, you know, if they'd stumbled on it on, you like your webpage and they just decided to come one day, like, that's great. Like, this, it's, it's, it's very
4: similar to YouTube in that way of like, you can just kind of stumble on it and it's there for you. And this is just kind of the live version of that. That's a pretty strong argument for
2: making the library more like YouTube. From Clara Whitehill Hunt to the Kids Mobile to story times that are more like YouTube, it is all happening here. Let's let
4: Lindsay sing us out.
1: If horses with horns are called unicorns. Some other. Is
2: Lindsay with Queer Kid Stuff. You can listen to more of their songs and lessons at queerkidstuff.com. Next, we've got our book match segment. Children's
4: librarian Brian Muldoon will recommend books that are great read-alouds for kids. Although, I will say, a master class in read-alouds is always going to happen at Storytime at your local
0: library. My name is Brian Muldoon, and I am the children's librarian at the Clinton Hill Branch of the Brooklyn Public Library. And this is my list of book recommendations. So my first selection is *Bark George* by Jules Pfeiffer. Um, this is a stone cold read aloud, loud classic. It's really great for story times and things like that. It's really funny. <laughs> it's very simple. I love the illustrations. Um, it's got great repetition, which is really wonderful for read aloud, especially if you're dealing with younger kids. You get a chance when you're reading it aloud to do all the to act out these different animal sounds. Um, especially coming from an animal that's not supposed to. Like, kids find that absolutely hilarious. And it kind of prompts them to be like, no, that's not what a dog says, which is really great. Um, My next one is a new one. It was one of my favorites from last year. It's called Baby Goes to Market by Atanuke. She's a Nigerian-English storyteller and um, author. So this one is a pretty simple book. It's really good for, like, babies and toddlers and even younger preschoolers. It's pretty much about a mother and a baby in Nigeria going to market. So the illustrations are super bright and lively, uh, very busy. It really kind of shows just how much is going on in one of these places. And uh, it's also a concept book, which is great. So it helps kids with their numbers. So this one is You. Um, and she wrote You Are a Lion and Other Fun Yoga Poses. Um, I often, when I'm doing story time, like to do books that are very uh, interactive, if possible. So this one is a very, very thoughtful introduction to yoga and very imaginative. Um, it pretty much just imagines a set of like fairly simple yoga poses as different animals, um, obviously something like Downward Dog. So it'll kind of give them these very gentle instructions, like, you know, you know crouch down on your knees, Open your mouth, stick out your tongue, you're a lion. Every time I've done it with the kids, they always love getting up. This is another one that's uh, one of my favorites in the last couple of years. It's called Leave Me Alone by uh, Vera Brosgol, And this is one that I really love, these picture books that kind of like just go off the rails at some point. So this one's pretty much about a grandmother who lives in a small house with, I think, about 20 grandkids. And um, winter's coming, she wants to make them sweaters. But she can't because the kids keep playing with the yarn and messing with her, so she screams at them, leave me alone, and then heads off to find a quiet place to uh, try and knit the sweaters. Starts out with her in the forest, then she moves up to a mountain, and the next thing you know, she's walking onto the moon and then through a wormhole into a whole other dimension where she finally finds the piece she needs to knit all her sweaters. Um, this one's just got so much great humor. The illustrations are really great. It's, it's a little head scratchy for the kids, which I think is good.
2: Borrowed is brought to you by Brooklyn Public Library and is hosted by me, Chris Corbicavoris, and Felice Bell. You can find a transcript of this episode at our website, bklynlibrary.org/podcasts, as well as a link to our book match list. We've also put links to children's programs at the library and articles about Clara Whitehill Hunt.
4: Borrowed is produced and written by Virginia Marshall. With help from Fritzi Bodenheimer, Jennifer Prophet, Meryl Friedman,
2: and Robin Lester Kenton, our music composer is Billy Libby. We are recording from Central Library's Information Commons recording studio. And guess what? If you have a BPL library card, you can reserve time here too and make your own podcast. And as long as we're recommending books on borrowed, why not recommend another podcast? The kids that you heard at the beginning of this episode talking about their favorite books were recorded at Central Library during a kids' program run by Literary Safari. That organization is working on a podcast called Story Seeds that will pair kids with real authors to turn their ideas into original short stories. So look out for the Story Seed podcast in the coming months, and you might get to hear some of our young Brooklyn patrons on the show. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, kids. Hey, BARD listeners. If you live in New York City and love the public library, we need your help. This past fall, our public libraries sustained deep mid-year cuts that forced an end of seven-day service and reduction of our materials and programs. We're now facing more budget cuts for the coming fiscal year. Libraries across the city stand to lose $58.3 million in funding. If these cuts are not reversed, we may have to reduce materials and programming yet again, including further reductions to our days of service. As many as half of all New York City libraries would be open only five days a week. The good news is you can help. Send a letter to city leaders telling them that you support the library. It's easy, it only takes 30 seconds, and you can do it now. If you live in Brooklyn, go to bklynlibrary.org slash standup, all one word, to fill out the form. If you live in any of the other boroughs, you can send a letter on behalf of Queens Public Library or New York Public Library. Learn how at investinlibraries.org. Thank you so much for your support.